Hey, folks, I was going to put an intro here in this part of the video, uh, but then I uh, ended up talking about my D&D &D setting and uh, a one shot with Chris, and I forgot to write it. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> wonderful folks and welcome to episode 149 of azeroth coast to coast uh kevin how are you doing sir welcome to men in hats wearing sunglasses and glasses uh christopher how are you doing on men in hats with sunglasses wearing sunglasses we just look so generic yep this is about <laughs> the most generic thing i've ever fucking seen in my life we we're gonna man, talk about we skateboarding <laughs> we need well, no we just no the thing is the the difference is we all need to be flat bald and we all need beards yeah i i i'm not going flat bald my head my head will not work with them uh oh, yeah, use one of the snapchat too. filters let me see what it looks like oh yeah we all we all also uh we also all vape damn oh wow this is bad this is bad yeah. bad yeah yep. This is, this is this why we need Neth. She's 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 our diversity. She's the one that brings normalness wow, to us. Wow, you just you just called Neth the diversity hire. I mean, technically, I'm also oh kind of the God. diversity guy as a After gay guy. After last week's show, Jesus. Yeah, this is this is going to be one of those fucking shows, isn't it? Gay guy. Yeah, Chris is also a minority. Oh God! Speaking of, do, do, you like, do you like my heart? Already gone off the fucking rails. All Let's right. just. We are less than five minutes into this, and this has already gone completely, completely off the goddamn rails. Um, yeah, that that sounds about right for us. Uh, welcome to episode once again. Welcome to episode one forty nine of Azeroth Coast to Coast. Uh, I, of course, am Gavril. This is Chris. Hi. This is Kevin. Hello. What have you all been up to for the last two weeks, Christopher? Um. Most of my last two weeks has just been playing Final Fantasy fourteen, as you have continually told me. <laughs> yeah, that's up. basically all you're doing. Yep, I've finished my MSQ. I am leveling up Scholar Summoner whilst I'm doing my Borgia dailies. Um, and I just did my first Castrum run. That was fun. That was chaotic, but fun. Uh, I'm working my way through the rest of that chain. I'm helping all of my friends get through their main scenarios because they are all new and don't know what they're doing, and it's adorable. Um, one of them's just hit Shadowbringers, which is actually insane. He's went through that real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're all getting prepped up and hyped up for uh, Endwalker because I'm very excited for it. Okay. Um, okay. While raiding, still doing that. Um, uh, we killed Sylvanas last Sunday. Nice. normal uh, and thursday we killed the first three on heroic and we're doing more on sunday so looking forward to that i'm still a paladin tank i was going to swap back to my druid because i couldn't deal with the slowness of the paladin for the moving around but uh, they're so good it's, though it's less it's, they're so fun to tank on and mm -hmm. it's less of a problem in raid and 
to be fair, all I have to do is heal in Mythic Plus, and it'll be fine. Yep. I don't have to worry about it, so I'm just going to heal Mythic Plus on the Paladin, and I'm going to tank on tank on the Paladin in raids, and I'll be fine. I'll still love playing it. Oh, and we did do a little bit of Pulsar. Which, uh, we get yeah. like an hour, I think, in, in total. Yeah, hour, maybe two. At most, yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, that's good. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Kevin, what you been up to, my dude? Um, let's see. Multiple games played. I played the hunch, the hunt, hoedown with you and LB. Showdown, um, which was very good. It's hoedown. Um, yeah, so played that. Uh, played some pulsar with you guys, which I like, and it's fun, and we need to play that more. Um, because it's fun and mm -hmm. it's like one of the games that I feel like I'm learning something as I go, which is unique <clears throat> and it's kind of cool. Uh, Star Trek simulator. Let's see. Uh, back for blood. Um, got to play the beta last week. Thanks, Neff. And we were playing a little bit yesterday with Neff and Albie and Chris, and it was fun. Um, I am enjoying the gunplay. I think it's very COD-like. Some of the animations look almost exactly like COD, which is weird to me. Um, <clears throat> particularly like reloading a handgun. It looks almost identical to COD, which is weird. But um, they've got the gunplay down pretty good. Um, not really not really enjoying have to, having to like build a gun from scratch and like slowly collecting parts that I just randomly find but in the world. Isn't that exactly like COD? I mean, you get your loadout, and then you have exactly the gun you want. Yeah, but you have to unlock that stuff first. We have to unlock the guns. Yeah, but you have I... to unlock the uh, the then you have to unlock the uh, mods by uh, you know using the gun. Let me spend a thousand or two thousand gold and buy the gun that I want from the store or something like I something where that. I can like get my loadout. You know, because I think that's half the fun of COD is like you reach a point where it's like, oh, I've got my gun now, and you feel much more comfortable because, like, you're used to firing it and stuff. <clears throat> and this one, it's like, let me just piece it together, and hopefully I get to something that I can deal with. Like, the one thing that LB mentioned on the session yesterday was like, oh, I have a scope now, like, <laughs> 30 minutes God, into I the have, game. I finally have like, a scope, yeah, on his Barrett, <laughs> his Barrett M95. He finally had a scope on it. It's like, yeah, using iron sights for half the game is not fun when you have a sniper rifle. Well, I mean, you got to remember that, like, this game, the game also has a very short distance. Like, the engagement mm -hmm. range is very short in that game. So yeah. it's not quite as bad. It's nowhere near as bad as playing Hunt. Hunt is oh. so bad with the engagement distances because they're so random. Like, you could be having a, you mm -hmm. could just be having like an up close firefight and i'm like oh yeah that's fine i got a shotgun on me i'm fucking i'm fucking doing a side by side let's do this and then all of a sudden you get sniped from 60 meters away by some guy and it's just like oh with a fucking handgun too by yeah. the way which makes <laughs> no gets, fucking sense yeah you get sniped from 60 meters away by a guy with a handgun yeah it's just like, like oh oh well shit i mean i get it like that's like 200 feet give or take right not yeah it it makes sense logically but it's just like how the fuck did that guy hit me with a handgun from that far away yep <clears throat> so yep. playing that um 
LB got me into Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, playing a little bit of that. Did, How did I know you were going to say the letters, the numerals? We went to um, do some of the main story arc that's in the later patches in Shadowbringers, and it was like, sorry, you have to go do this Crystal Castle bullshit. So we went and did that quest. And thank God LB has flying in old zones because it would have been annoying to do without that because you had to go to like 18 different places and teleport like 20 times in order to complete the unlock quest. And then we did a raid and I remembered what some of my buttons do. Uh, so that was cool. I think just the more I play MMOs or like I haven't played an MMO in several, several months. So it's like the thing that I still hate about MMOs is all of the fucking buttons. Like, I've got a million fucking buttons, and I'm just like, what does this do? What's this do? What's this do? And it's like, when do I click this button or that button? It's just like, it's so annoying to have so many fucking buttons. I think my problem with Final Fantasy XIV, my biggest problem with it, is that it's not Final Fantasy XI. I didn't play that. What do you mean? <laughs> Final Fantasy XI, mm -hmm. I loved that game. That game was so good. Um, okay. It a bit brutal. It, it's it's very much old like Asian MMO style, so it's very kind of a brutal grind, and the social aspects are kind of forced. Like you don't have a choice on it. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah. There, there's. I just remember the last time that I stopped playing, I had completed all the main story arc stuff, and then we got into this grind where you have to do like old raids and stuff to get like currency and then use that currency to buy gear and like after i bought new gear i was just like i don't know what to do now you know it just it kind of felt like there was nothing left to do in the game so i don't know if i'm going to reach that point again after i complete the new main story arc stuff but we'll see what happens um and then finally i was playing warframe which i've been getting into more which i've been enjoying and the what I've been working on is stuff on Cetus and Earth um, to get rep. And mm -hmm. I am now on the hunt for relics to unlock Rhino Prime because Rhino is like your been favorite. my go-to Warframe for a long He's time your boy. now. He's your boy. I think you'll like Hildren. I, I've got to like introduce you to Hildren at some point. I okay. actually do not even own Hildren. Uh, Hildren comes from the... Uh, so you know the... Um, the like Eidolons on planes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Hildren comes from the equivalent on Venus. Okay. From Fortuna. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's been interesting. I think I reach these points. Well, in general, I reach a point in Warframe where it's like I just have to look something up to see if I should do that or to do something. Because there's just way too much shit to do. And if you haven't played it in years, it's just like overwhelming on how much you can actually do. I get you, I get so, you, I get you. I just picked Earth, and I'm just like, I'm just going to do this, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's totally, totally fine. Fun. Totally, totally um, fine. Yeah, fun game. So, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Uh, Chris, what you been up to, my dude? Uh, actually, you've already done me. Yeah. I thought, did we? You already did it. <laughs> you already did it, all right. Um, okay. Um... What have you been doing? I, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I played Hunt the Hunt Showdown with Kevin and LB. Showdown with Kevin and LB. Kevin and LB. Um, that game makes me mad 
and makes my blood pressure increase. Um, uh, increases my blood pressure significantly, and I'm not a healthy man. All right, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> but the game I remember. Is fun. Do you remember that fight where we were in the cornfield and like we were looking for people for like ten minutes, but like LB had already killed everyone and didn't LB realize had already it. Killed anybody and we weren't right. <laughs> we didn't realize it. Yeah, I know. Good God. <laughs> and like I'm running around the cornfield just trying to like get them to like show their face because and you're like, running around just... and making so much noise and I'm just hiding next to a hay bale and I'm like I hear footsteps. I hear footsteps. Yeah. I hear footsteps. Shut the fuck up, Kevin. I hear footsteps. <laughs> you guys were so mad at me and like no one was even there. <laughs> no one was there. No. <laughs> I'm assuming they bailed. I just think they bailed. I think the last guy bailed. Oh, get um, it. Hey, bail. <laughs> um, but I also played some Pulsar with this crew plus Neff. You know, the the, the boys, I Miss guess. Show host. <laughs> um, I played uh, Destiny 2. I finished up Season of the Splicer finally. Uh, I got the epilogue. That actually was fucking epic. That felt really good. I liked the epilogue to Season of the Splicer. And I liked the story entirely of Season of the Splicer. It was really good. And I was... And I know one of you all mentioned that you were... I think it was maybe you or Chris that you're just really happy that I was enjoying Destiny because I'm off and on with it so often and this i played pretty much through this whole season i actually really like this season i love the storyline i'm really happy with how it went um season next season starting soon i can't wait for that um beyond that uh not a whole lot i think i played a little bit of warframe and a little bit of magic the, the thing that i don't like about destiny is when you get to the end game and it's just like here's the five things that you have to do on a weekly basis to get quote powerful gear and I just reached that point and I'm just like, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to keep doing the same five things every week to get five right. pieces of randomly dropped gear. I get you. And, and but to me, it, it fills that grind, that grind uh, sort of Skinner box I've got built into my head. That's kind of, you know, kind of there uh, because mm -hmm. I want better gear. I want to get God, pardon me. Uh, I want to get God rolls on my gear. I want to, you know, have a set for mobility. I want to have a set for recovery. I want to have a set with discipline because I want to be a fucking degenerate and throw grenades all day long every day. You know, I, I want to try to experiment with these with with the weird sets and it gives me an opportunity. Um, and I want to max out my guns. I want to be ready for the next season. So it's like, OK, I'm maxed out. I'm ready for the next season. I don't have to grind this season. I can just jump straight into the content. Yeah. Because they changed how it worked. It used to be like it went like 10 to 20 levels between seasons. Now it's like five levels between seasons item levels mm. so it you can actually get to to the soft cap the powerful cap when the season starts and then you can just start grinding pinnacle gear and so you can start grinding for your better gear you start grinding for the god rules the stuff that you want you're ready to go into end game content immediately instead mm. of having to gate yourself behind oh well i gotta spend two and a half weeks grinding powerful gear just to get up to the powerful cap so I'm actually liking it. I, I, I would love to have some people to play organized destiny with. Like, I would love to have five other people that I could go in and play. Um, I could go do raids with, but I don't. And I, I'm an antisocial kind of person, so. Yeah, I mean, even like joining a guild in Warframe to try to find people to play with and stuff like people still don't like play together very much. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I need to, and yeah, that's, that's, 
you and I are like very different sides of the same kind of coin. Like you are super social. You want to do stuff all the time with other people. And me myself, I'm more of a I just kind of want to play the game. I want to experience it. And then if I need other people, I will just rot and die. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) If I need other people, I'll just rot and die. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, I need to be a little bit. I I think I need to be a little bit more of Kevin. And I think Kevin needs to be a little bit more of me. I think we need to find a middle ground there. Um, uh, Talked about Final Fantasy 14 for a while. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, Neth, uh, um, Neth is not going to be here this week. Uh, she's bad at time management. I'm just going to leave it at that. She got her schedule mixed up. It's fine. She'll be back. Unacceptable. Didn't she lose a finger? Too? Possibly. <laughs> Something about an industrial accident. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin right. wanted that call back in there. And so I had to oblige him and put the callback in to the old ones. But Kevin used to be gone all the time, missed all the fucking shows. So I kept saying he had an industrial accident and then people thought I was being curious at one point. The only industrial accident I'm around is my computer. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've got a little bit of feedback this week, I think. Tweeter. Uh, yeah. So uh, at Onkamav, uh, good friend of mine, actually, uh, their name is Jen. Uh, she's tweeted us saying they just finished uh, listening to this one, talking about our last episode. Long episode, but worth the time. They talk about video games and the Activision Blizzard lawsuit. Very interesting episode. Many thanks to the lovely Jen. They are wonderful. I appreciate them. Uh, they also spoke about us on their podcast, uh, The Shattered Soulstone. It's a Diablo-focused podcast. Um, they also spoke about the Activiz, Activiz lawsuit um, and also mentioned us in, uh, in their discussion. Uh, so very much appreciate them. You can find uh, them at the Shattered Soulstone, which is shatteredsoulstone.com, for the podcast. Yeah, we need more of Neff Reed's legal documents to us. Oh, I actually enjoyed that. I actually really enjoyed the Neth reads legal document stuff. That was fun. Mm-hmm. There's just a certain way that people, when they know how to read legal documents and they can pick out things that normal humans can't. I spent like an hour and a half watching an actual lawyer read through that stuff and go through the minutia of it. It was so interesting. I like that kind of shit myself. Um, we have... So- Shout outs from multiple countries, US, Russia, UK, Germany, and Canada have listened to the show over the past month. Welcome to the podcast. Glad you're listening. Or glad you haven't unsubscribed. Which I'm surprised that it's a shit show here. <laughs> yep. Um, anything format. else to go in the for in the feedback? We're okay. Good. Um, so we're going to try something a little bit different this week. We don't really have a main topic per se. Uh, we do have a topic this week. We have some act of blizz shit that's still going on, which I think, do we want to cover that first and then go into the stuff that we want to talk about? Yeah. Um, so it's still a fucking mess. Still a goddamn fucking mess. Yeah. Um, so three more people are, so as of, since the last recording, 
four people that we know of off the top of our heads have left or been terminated from Blizzard. Five, because there's one on there that's not on there. Oh, yeah. I missed one. Okay. Um, J. Allen Brack has stepped down. I don't, I don't think we talked about this last week, because I think this happened on, like, the 3rd of August, so that would have been after the last show. Yeah. Um, it was. Yeah, so uh, J. Allen Brack stepped down as president of Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, and he has been replaced with Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra. Uh, they are coming in. So oddly enough, they are coming into this role as co-leaders. Not mm -hmm. as any other sort of uh, corporate title I've ever seen. Um, which is also really funny because Orheim was CEO, right? Yes. Brack came in as president. Yep. Um, okay, so that's not okay. So that okay. A little bit of little bit of inside baseball. She didn't leave Blizzard. She stepped down from a committee within Blizzard. Right. So um, that's not a person that's left. That's just another per. That's just a committee she stepped down from. We'll get to that. I one wish she'd leave. Yeah, I wish she would too. Um, but uh, so Morheim was president. Morheim is CEO. Brack came in as president, and Ibarra and O'Neill are coming in as co-leaders. So I feel this is something that a lot of people have mentioned, but I feel like this is uh, this is Papa Kotick uh, spreading his greasy little fingers over and trying to assert more control and dominance over the Blizzard side of Activision Blizzard. Well, it's is I mean they're not making as much money, and I'm sure that that is a and not only are they not making as much money, but now they're causing a PR disaster for them. Uh, Blizzard so, like, prints money, but it's not, it doesn't print money like Call of Duty prints money. I mean, or King, <laughs> or basically anything else. It's bottom barrel compared to those things. Compared to those things, but then you look at it and you go, you compared it to like other AAA gaming studios and they still make a shit ton of money comparatively. True. But it's like, but the but, problem is that when you're dealing, when you're a, when you're a, hundred million dollar company or when you're a billion dollar company versus a multi-billion dollar company or a multi-billion dollar mobile developer like yeah you're small fry at that point right i mean my <clears throat> my impression is that activision as a whole is looking at them at blizzard and like this is the lowest you know this is the worst of the divisions that they have in terms of like profitability and money and stuff so like they're just trying to do what they can do to turn it around or bring it up to where the other like Activision or King is currently at. I don't and... think so. I think, I think this is them finally getting the opportunity to do two things. I think this is them getting to strip away the last vestiges of Blizzard independence because you go and you look <laughs> at some of the stories about Morheim and yeah. Morheim, Morheim would go toe to toe with Kotick on things. Mm -hmm. Like Morheim would go toe to toe with the Activision Blizzard entity. Mm -hmm. in defense of blizzard as an entity uh, okay brack was a company man brack was just a company man like a lot of the things that have happened recently have been under brack's a lot of the things that we've not been happy about have come under brack but I, that's not to say that a lot of things that we didn't like didn't come under morheim a lot of things that we didn't like cash shop came in under morheim things like that but brack always felt more like a company man to me so he was just kind of towing the line and doing what activist told him to do exactly yeah. exactly what activists told him to do 
And I worry that O'Neill and Ibarra are just puppets. They're they're just puppets up there. Um, right. A stripping away mm-hmm. the last vestiges of independence of Blizzard, and B. I don't remember where I was going with that because I got myself lost in a lost in a tangent. Um, I think B. It also just. Uh, it's just Blizzard is just disappointing right now. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say it's just gonna be because they're trying to strip away the last. Oh, sorry. Uh, they're trying to cover up everything else because this lawsuit isn't just Blizzard. It's it's focusing on Blizzard, but California's investigated. They investigated Activision Blizzard. They right. Didn't just investigate Blizzard Entertainment. Blizzard Entertainment were the people that got called out specifically, but Activision is Activision Blizzard as an entity has had issues for a long time as well. I think they're using this as sort of like wagging the dog. And they're using this to kind of smokescreen up all the other issues that exist within Activision Blizzard as a whole. I think this is very useful for them as a cover, basically them to be able to figure out things on the other parts of the activision blizzard entity look we're making changes (laughs) yeah hey investors look we're making changes yeah have we noted Mm. because i had to dip away have we noted yet that they haven't actually responded to the abk alliance's demands no no we haven't mentioned that that. let's go (laughs) to the the first listed story yeah um so uh louis barica uh, Jesse McCree and Jonathan LeCraft, who whom are uh, Louis Bariga and Jesse McCree are the lead designer and the level designer for lead designer Diablo and 4? level designer. Yes, lead designer and level designer for Diablo Four have left. They they have been let go. It is the parlance that was used from Blizzard Entertainment. Um, Jesse McCree, you would well know, is mentioned very prominently in the group chat that was leaked out that really wasn't leaked out because it was posted on somebody's fucking Facebook. I'm fucking Afrasiabi's Facebook. I'm... That was Afrasiabi, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it specifically calls out, like, he, he specifically says some, says a pretty shitty thing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we linked it maybe in the last show. Uh, I guess. That, 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 that image is in there, so if you want to go over that, you can. But uh, he he says one of the worst things that you see in that in that uh, group chat. So um, we knew he was going to be going. Um, Bariga, I believe, uh, or Bariga, I'm pretty certain it's going to be Bariga, um, is was also identified in some of the photos uh, that were released of the Cosby suite. Uh, Jonathan LeCraft has as well been identified in some of the photos. So those three individuals have been let go. Um, it has kind of created a little bit of chaos, though, because McCree is actually very old school Blizzard. Um, old school Blizzard, like to the point where Jesse McCree is literally him. <laughs> uh, so Overwatch character Jesse McCree uh, is named after McCree. And there's also a there is actually an entire zone in World of Warcraft Legion named after him, Macaray, Macaray uh, which yeah. actually goes all the way back to Burning Crusade because Macri is also mentioned in Burning Crusade on Azure Mist Isle. Yep. Oh. Um, so it goes way the fuck back. He is, he's been with the, he's been the Blizzard for a while. Um, and I, it's I'm wondering it's, how they're, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm wondering how they're going to, um, 
just wash away those ones in game like they did the FSA Abbey ones. Those ones are going to be hard to get rid of. I think I think what they're going to end up having to do with Overwatch is they're not going to re-record the voice lines. I don't think they're going to re-record the voice lines. Which sucks because I Matt think... Mercer does a fucking good job with that. Well, what I th well, the problem, it's not Matt Mercer's lines is the problem. It's everybody else talking about McCree and calling him by name is the problem. That was what would yeah. cause the most amount of chaos. I think what they're going to have to do, and I think they may have to take the cop out on it, reduce the frequency of those voice lines and then when those voice lines do play it you you give a lore reason why his name isn't mccree it's like oh yeah that was not really my name i was this guy instead this whole time and it's like don't call me that name you 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 have him don't call me that my name's you're talking something. about like him pulling his mask off and it like has a scooby-doo moment it's not really a scooby-doo moment yeah but kind of sort of Kinda, yeah. So it's just like, don't call me that name. You know that's not my name. Kind of thing. Um, I think that may be an angle they have to go to. It's like, really dial down those, uh, those call-outs for McCree, or just cut the call-outs for McCree, period, and make them more generic. Rename um, something like Gunslinger or something. Yeah, Gunslinger, Cowboy, mm. something like that. Like, I think, I think the easiest one to do would be like, recut the lines and have them all say Cowboy. That is it's still going to be bad. It's still going to be really bad uh, in terms of cost. But I think it's probably the only option they're really going to have. Um, I think when it comes to Overwatch 2, that's probably what we're going to see. Less McCree around and more Cowboy. Cowboy, Gunslinger, something. We'll see something else in there for him. But how, what, what do they do about Macri? I don't know, my dude. I really don't that, know. Macri, I think they can get around. I think they can get around Macri. But, um, yeah, I, I think I Jesse a big problem. I had a hell of a time getting around in Macquarie. It Everyone was a pain in the ass. And the whole Antorus area was a pain in the ass. Um, but, yeah, um, so, yeah, that's going to be There's, really... What, a, what about this other one, Gav? Um, Where he's somebody in? Look, somebody's moved shit around again on the thingamajig. Um... Who? Uh, LaCraft? Or you want to go further down? Stockton. Oh, Corey Stockton. Um, uh, apparently, he is currently on leave and has, as of time of recording, not been terminated, let go, or stepped down. Um, Corey Stockton uh, was, well, was uh, mentioned in, was, was seen in some of the screenshots. Uh, and again, old school uh, Blizzard. Old Blizzard, yeah. People talk about, like, the nine old men from Disney, if you're into animation, like the nine old men mm -hmm. from Disney the veteran animators some of these guys that we've been mentioning here are the nine old men of blizzard kind of thing like jesse mccree yeah. nine the cat you would you would kind of consider them like the nine old men sort of story, situation these are uh, the ones that everyone's like i miss the old blizzard that these are the old blizzard yep um i'm curious to see where um oh i mentioned his name last week and i don't remember it uh I don't remember, but uh, him and Kaplan, the ones I mentioned last week, and I don't know why his name is just out of my head right now. Uh, go, uh, Greg Street? No, not Greg Street, the other guy. Um, um, the one who did Hearthstone. He was on Hearthstone's team for a while. Uh, um, took over from... Uh, bro, 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 bro. Not Broad, it's the it's, other one. Um, it's whatever. It's whatever at the moment. I know what you're I'm, talking about, though. I know what you're talking about. I'm curious to see where that goes for them, if there's any further backlash on them as time goes on. I know Jeff Kaplan has not been public on twitter in a while even before this he was not public he was not uh 
he was not active on Twitter or really any social profiles up until uh, uh, even before this point. So we're curious to see how that's going to go. So Don't you find it a little specifically and especially for the WoW team? They posted a job at a, 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 a an open job back when they were developing WoW, <laughs> and they made a job posting that was so narrowly specific it could only apply to him. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't sexual in nature or anything like what is going on now. I mean, he said but a lot of really like, terrible shit, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. But the thing is, there's two things about Jeff Kaplan. He grew as a person and clearly mm -hmm. showed he grew as a person. Mm -hmm. A and B, he was generally honestly, he honestly showed uh, uh, contrition for some of the things he had said when he was a younger man. So yeah. and okay. I know he had pub. I believe I, I don't quote me on this. I'd have to go back and take a look. But I know he he publicly apologized about this at one point. I believe and said the he was is. basically a shit. Yeah, and the thing is, we've all said things we're not proud of but yep. when we were Agreed. younger. We're, we're, all we're all, we all, we all grow as people. We all hope to grow as people. And uh, we, we would hope that uh, that may be taken into account with Jeff as time has gone on. Um, we'd have to see. Uh, I don't know how. The, the thing is, Jeff Kaplan like, has not been implicated in this at all, as far as yes. we are aware. <laughs> Um, he's not been connected to or implicated in this at all, so we have no idea. Um, he's also been radio silent, like I said, even before all of this stuff happened. Uh, basically, since he left Blizzard, he's been fairly radio silent. Um, and you know, and that's another thing a lot of people like to talk about is like the the coincidence that within a back of three or four year time span, everyone uh, left. A lot of really old school <laughs> people left. Um. You had uh, Ben Brode leaving. You had Morheim leaving. You had uh, Greg. Well, Greg Street left years before that. But I, I thought that was more about the Activision's control over Blizzard, and they were getting frustrated with that more that than that's that's the public that, that, story. Whether that's, that's the real that story, we, yeah, that's is a different thing. question. That is, is and that we know the that they've that California has been investigating them for the past two years. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so. Morheim left within that. Did Morheim leave? Or was Morheim like 18? No, he was before. I think it was, Morheim was before, at least three years ago. Like 17 or 18, yeah. Morheim was before that, yeah. yeah. I want to say 17 or 18, yeah. But yeah, uh, but that doesn't mean you don't get a stirring of something going on. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, and an internal cover-up going, hey, your people are fucking up. Get out. Yeah, because that's the thing. Whether, whether, <clears throat> whether we like it or not, it all happened under his watch. The, the, he was he was the captain and he let it happen whether he knew about it or not yep right so, um there was another story about the investors have now sued blizzard well as there's well. other there's one other person we're going to talk about okay um fran oh good let's old talk for, fran let's talk for a second about fran uh <laughs> union busting the victims are to blame fran fran the good old fran townsend Brown Townsend, who was brought on uh, 
about five months ago, I think. Uh, uh, I think it was more six. I think it was six. Give her, give her that extra month. Give her that extra month. Somewhere between four and six months ago, uh, she was brought on as the chief compliance <laughs> officer, mm -hmm. which their job is to make sure that you are compliant with state and federal regulation, state, local, and federal regulation. Done a great um, job. Yeah. Um, she <laughs> was one of the executives on the ABK Women's Network at Blizzard, which is, uh, if anybody knows a little bit about that more than I do, I don't know too much um, about that. ABK, ABK Women's Network is Activision Blizzard King uh, uh, network for employees, um, uh, which it's, it's, it's supposed to be some kind of safe space and complaints and all that jazz. Okay. So she was on that. Yeah. And she's been sitting here defending and basically saying all these accusations are baseless and all this yeah. shit. And she was one of the board. She was one of the executives on that in that council. Yeah. Well, she stepped down. Oh, she is just sadly, to clarify, if we ever, if we ever say, if we ever say ABK, we're talking about Activision Blizzard King is the, the employees for all three companies have set up a little, uh, that that's, that's what we're talking about is the employees from all three companies. Okay. Um, so she stepped down from that position. Sadly, still has not stepped down from Activision Blizzard as a whole. No. She is foot and mouth, and I think she deleted her Twitter too, didn't she? She deleted her Twitter. Yeah, her Twitter's yeah. gone. Um, but yeah. of course, the internet exists, so it's still it's still there. We can, There's we a way back machine for a reason. Yeah, I love that thing. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, I think the current, uh, with Brack gone and McCree gone and a bunch of other people, and Afrosiabi gone and Afrosiabi wiped from WoW history, I think everybody's pitchforks are currently turning on to Bobby himself, which I'm happy to see because if Morheim was, does, and Morheim does share blame for this. Morheim shares oh, blame for this. Morheim's gone from Blizzard. Rot starts at the bottom and works up. Or actually, no, Rot starts at the top and works down. Sorry, Rot starts at the outside and works its way in. So there's no way Activision Blizzard and the entity didn't know what was going on in Blizzard and the entity. Mm -hmm. There's no way that Bobby Kotick had no idea any of this shit was going on. There's no, no fucking, fucking way. way. There's no fucking way. So the pitchforks are currently being aimed in Bobby's general direction, and I could not be more happy about it. You know, uh, it's 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 one of those things where you've you've watched Blizzard for years, and you've been a fan of Blizzard for years, and obviously the Activision takeover and all that. It's not a good thing that's happening right now, but at the same time, Kotick deserves to get what's coming to him. Mm -hmm. Because, because he, 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 he has there's no fucking way he didn't know what was going well, on. And you also gotta remember he has spent years claiming to be the architect behind, you know, the rise of Blizzard and Activision Blizzard as a whole. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, yeah, you claim to be that deep into it, but yeah, fuck you. Now don't get me wrong. If you look at the stocks of that of the company over the years, when the Activision Blizz merger and takeover happened. The stocks just fucking skyrocket. So that is true. Mm. Like the whole company takeover, the increase in stock, the major income. Props to you. You knew everything that was fucking happening. There is no doubt in my mind that you'd let it fucking happen. Why do you have a switchblade? Um, it's, it's, it's a pen knife. 
Oh, okay. It's a pen knife. Um, Kevin was complaining that he could hear clicking in the show notes, and I was oh. like, oh, that's me. Okay, that's it's clearly probably me. me as well. <laughs> Are you guys, like, specifically doing pod- things that will be coming up fucking, on the podcast? We are the worst I, fucking podcasters. I fed you, so I use it. I, I, I'm sorry. You guys We're are the, the guys tapping your foot at church, aren't you? Yes. If I went to church, and, if I went to church, church, but if I went to, if I went to church, the lettering on the building would bubble. <laughs> <sighs> All right. There, um, there was one final article, Gav. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go blitzkrieg through this real quick. Uh, blitzkrieg is the wrong word. Uh, I'm gonna go blitz through this. I don't know where blitzkrieg came from. Wow. I'm gonna blitz through this uh, real quick. Um, so there is a second lawsuit. Against Blizzard, <laughs> this one is a class action lawsuit being filed by investors against Activision Blizzard, the entity. Uh, and the mm. investor lawsuit basically comes down to the investors claim that Activision made Activision Blizzard made false and or misleading statements and or failed to disclose a number of things, including that it discriminated against women and minority employees, that it fostered a pervasive frat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive, that complaints for harassment, discrimination, or retaliation made to HR and leadership went unaddressed, that pervasive culture of harassment, discrimination, and retaliation result in a serious impairment to Activision Blizzard's operations. That as a result of the above, Activision Blizzard was at greater risk of regulatory and legal scrutiny and enforcement, including that which would have material adverse effect. Uh, that the company failed to inform investors about the DFEH lawsuit that had been ongoing for two years. I, th- I think that last point is the one That's that makes the, the most one. sense. That's right. But it, it's just one. like, yeah. can you imagine Activision Blizzard coming out and be like, excuse me, investors, uh, we're, ex- we're discriminating against women and minorities. <laughs> like, Obviously, they're not going to ever come out and say anything like that. But the fact that they didn't tell them about the lawsuit, I think, is ridiculous. Well, it's, it's not like even the lawsuit. It's the, it's investigation. the investigation. It's not the lawsuit. It was yeah, the investigation the, that they true. didn't tell them about. Yeah, right. it's like... Because the, had... the lawsuit is public. They cannot argue that. They, the investigation, they, they just flat out lied about it. Yeah, they didn't Why say didn't they have to disclose the investigation, though? Because um, it's they their probably, investors. It's, it's, they probably should have inve- disclosed it because, it, yes exactly what they're saying uh material adverse effects so it's saying that the investigation would lead to lower stock prices mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. that's the long that's the long the short of it and they are saying they are stating that blizzard did not tell them specifically so that the stock price would not fall so that people would still invest mm-hmm. yeah that that's to me big... sounds more like an activision thing than a blizzard thing obviously that's more well, that's than likely thing. you cannot you cannot separate them though because they are they right, are activision blizzard mm-hmm. They are one entity. Mm-hmm. When when they right. do their stock take, when they do their, their their investment calls, they don't do it as Blizzard, as Activision, as King. They do it as Activision Blizzard. Right. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, is I what is important. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one I think that they're going to get Bobby on the hardest. I think. Yeah. For sure. For sure. All that stuff. The the investor lawsuit is the one that's going to get Bobby on the hardest. So. Right. When, um, when you're actively being investigated and you there's discussions that I'm assuming have taken place that are like, do we talk about this? Do we not talk about this? Probably. Yeah. They, someone made a decision not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I bet you it was Robert can, goddamn yeah. Kotick. Yep. hundred percent. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, this makes me sick. Yeah, I'm done talking about Activision Blizzard for right now until yeah. two weeks later and more bullshit comes out about them. <laughs> yep. So if you want your Activision Blizzard roundup two weeks from now, because we're done. <laughs> we're done with it for right now. Um, so uh, I see Chris has got the most stuff that he wanted to talk about. So Chris, we wanted to go ahead and just launch off with uh, a new thing. We're trying, we're trying to yes. break this down into... 
things that we're specifically interested in that we think could possibly foster a conversation or shit we want to fucking talk about period so mm-hmm. i'll do i'll do the final fantasy ones and then yep. we can split off to someone else um so there's there's a few things in final fantasy that's happening right now that i'm very excited about and i want to make sure that people are aware of because super fun super love it uh the first thing is is the current summer event that's going on um you can get some awesome transmog stuff you can get uh, a polar bear mount um there's some new stuff on the store that are all on sale right now <laughs> including tram uh, uh glamour items emojis hairstyles and um an awesome fucking mount i think it's actually a I think it is a an eight man mount, or it's, it's either an eight or a two man mount. I need to double check, but but it's a it's a decent it's a it's a beautiful mount. Um, the event is going on currently. Uh, it will last up until. Let me get the right link up because I've got the wrong one up. The the Moonfire event began yesterday, which is the thirteenth, and will last up until the twenty sixth of August. Um, it's very easy to get the end game polar bear mount. Go to Costa del Sol. Well, go to Limsa first, grab the quest, go to Costa del Sol, do a fate, speak to the guy, get them out. Very quick, very fun. Uh, the fate's quite fun as well. Um, the polar bear mount is adorable. It has an action, it has an active ability that um, makes it jump in the sky and creates a giant uh, snowflake, and it snows for a bit. It's really cute. Something, something, um, and- something about snowflakes. So one of the one of my guildies was actually looking at it, and it said it looks like a po- a panda bear without the black part. It's just a it's, it looks like a po- it looks like a panda bear, but it's made to look like a polar bear. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. What is it? Mm-hmm. What does it look panda like? Panda bear. It's like a panda bear without. I'm not just saying it again because <laughs> your face. <laughs> you said panda bear like three times. I said panda. That's said like panda. a. That's like a UK. It might thing, be the accent. It might be the accent. It is the accent. Um, it looks like a panda bear, but it look it's they're, they're making it look like a polar bear. It's adorable. I love it. I hate you with your with your eyes. You're you're terrible. Um, the the like I said, the Moonfire Fair will be up until the twenty sixth. It's live right now. Jump on, get your mount, and the sale for the uh online stuff uh is active now, and I believe it's active through to the twenty seventh. Yes, Acted through the 27th. Um, another really fun thing that I'm happy about, because I think it is the be- one of the best soundtracks ever, uh, the Final Fantasy Shadowbringers soundtrack is live on all streaming platforms. So you can grab it, listen to it. It's fantastic. I love the Shadowbringers soundtrack. It is so good. Uh, this will include... Uh, this, this includes uh, songs from 4.4, 4.5, and a total of 80, 88 songs um, through patches uh, what through patches 5.0 through to 5.5. 4.5. I'm trying to get my words out. This this will include songs from 4.4 through to 5.5. Okay. Okay. Uh, Very cool. Can I get it on Spotify? You will be able to grab it on Spotify. Cool. So sound design is like, and that's actually a big thing with me. Like sound design and especially soundtracks are just so underappreciated a lot of the time. And it's like, especially in MMOs, they just really set the tone and a good sound designing team and a good soundtrack just like 
makes the fucking zone yes. or makes the fucking encounter. Yes. And people Perfect. so often don't pay any mind to it. So he, what? So when I started playing 14 back in 2.0, um, the thing that hooked me to the game more than anything was the first time I ever did Titan on story mode. Because that Titan soundtrack just hit so fucking perfectly that I was hooked. If 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 there was even a fraction of something that good coming, I was I was I, I was I was in. I was invested. I was ready. The soundtrack just gets better and better every expansion. The combat music that they've they've added in Shadow because every expansion they add new in combat music for the open world. Um, the combat music they added for Shadowbringers, the best they've ever done. I literally run around and just hit things just so I can hear the song. Because it is so good in my opinion. I honestly think you need to listen to the, the soundtrack uh, for Shadowbringers. You will love the vast majority of it. And if you ever get a chance, go back and listen to the Alexander Raid soundtrack. Because again, beautiful, beautiful music, absolutely spot on and just hits for the raid perfectly. Okay. Um, sorry, I have a dog barking. Um, no, you're all right. Where the last thing I want to link uh, is more of just a video from one of my favorite uh, Final Fantasy XIV content creators, uh, Zeppla. She, because there's um, so many new people coming to fourteen, so many people jumping in um, from WoW from all over. Um, obviously, you jump in as the free trial to give it a go. Fourteen has one of the best free trials in the uh, of any game I've ever seen because you actually get the launch content all the way up to fifty, plus the first expansion all the way through to sixty. For free. Um, and there's no time limit on it. So you get hundreds of hours worth of content for free. Um, okay. there, there are do's and don'ts that you can and can't do. And Zeppla has done a fantastic video on what you do have access to and what you don't have access to. And I just wanted to make sure we had it linked for everyone to everyone who thinks about trying 14 so that they know exactly what they'll have access to with the free trial. But the baseline for content you can play anything from Realm Reborn and you can play anything through Heaven's Ward. So you get the base game plus the first expansion absolutely free. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure people had that. All right. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good information. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I talked a little bit earlier about Season of the Splicer uh, in Destiny 2. I just, yes. I love Destiny 2. I really do. The game just has so many issues sometimes with how the seasonal structure works and the grind associated with the seasonal structure. Yeah. I just, I just, I've never been happy with it. But I have actually really loved Season 14, which is uh, Season of the Splicer, um, to the point that I finished my seasonal track. I, I bought oh, the damn. season pass. I bought the season pass and I finished the seasonal track. I haven't finished a seasonal track since Season of the Undying, maybe? which was the last time I played. It's just like, yeah, it was like four seasons ago, maybe five seasons ago, something like that. It's this was like while. the beginning of Beyond Light. It was beginning of Beyond Light. I, no, no, I didn't even finish do that. Uh, it was Season of the Dawn. No, Season of the Dawn was the last time I finished up uh, an entire track. Season of the Dawn. I was guessing because um, because your your emotions for destiny has just been so back and forth. Mm -hmm. It has. It it really <laughs> has. I admit it. 
Um, I, I love the weird sort of space wizard story that they've got going on, but I hate some of the gameplay and the loop choices they've made. Um, that's not to say that Destiny doesn't have issues. Like right now, the armor synthesis stuff for uh, cosmetic armor for for ornaments is terrible. I still hate it. I don't like it. I don't like the changes that they've announced that they're going to make it to make it easier. I still don't like it. I think it's dumb. I think it's terrible. But it's whatever. I like the gunplay. I like the gameplay. I like how the story is. It's just, yeah, if then this, this I feel like this season they really nailed uh the they really nailed the uh the 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 seasonal track and the in-game activity the the, the grind activity i think it really nailed a season so i was very happy with it what what's so much better about it or different like um i like the activity more than a lot of the other activities that they've had um like a game just, mode uh we, yeah every season comes with an activity that's tied to that season that is season specific mm -hmm. that has stuff that is for that season specifically um so right. uh season of the opulence season of opulence uh was one of the older seasons uh that one introduced the menagerie menagerie was a really fun activity rotated on a weekly basis had interesting things going on in it and it had really great guns uh and it had a reason to continue grinding into it um, what's the difference about this one in this season um me Personally, I liked the conciseness of it. It was very, it was very, you, you got into it and you knew what you were doing. There wasn't a whole lot that you were confused about uh, as a seasonal activity. I got in, I jumped in and I hadn't played the last season. I hadn't played last season almost at all, or the season before that, in fact. Um, season of the Hunt and Season of, uh, I don't remember what the other season was. Season of Awakenings, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I hadn't played either of those seasons, really. And I was like, OK, well, I'm going to get in and I'm going to see what's going on with this with this event, see what's going on with the seasonal event. And it's just like, oh, oh, no, this all makes sense. This this totally makes sense. I know what I'm doing here. OK, perfect. Let's do this. There have been seasonal events where I'm like, OK, where the fuck do I go to do this event? And what what the fuck am I doing? OK, this sucks. I don't care. Fucking I'm leaving. I'm done. Bye. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, and 99% think... of the reason the drag was the story mode. 99% of the reason was the story because this is something they set up in Destiny 2. Uh, like okay. the, the original release of Destiny 2. And it's come full circle and I'm very happy about that. Nice. Um, I, I think that I can't wait for the next season and then Witch Queen to drop this year because we'll be getting Witch Queen this year. Uh, no, actually I think Witch Queen, I think they delayed Witch Queen to 2022. I'm not sure. Um, which queen's the next expansion um but there is another season that is coming very shortly i think that starts the 24th or the i think it's the 24th the next season will be the 24th of august so a week from uh, 10 days from now um and i can't wait to see how that ends up going sorry every time you talk about destiny i just start looking up destiny cosplayers because i think some of the destiny cosplayers are absolutely fantastic oh no the destiny cosplays are the destiny cosplayers are fantastic they're very dedicated to their craft I've linked one in host chats that I kind of want Kevin to link to um, in the show notes. Uh, by I can't get to anything in Discord. No, 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 I know, but later, uh, I'll have later for, for the actual show notes. Um, he does a beautiful fucking uh, Hunter cosplay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also just noticed that he does an awesome Garrus Vicarian cosplay as well. <laughs> that is a bad juju. That is a wonderful pulse rifle. String of curses. It is, it is stunning, though, isn't it? Yeah, he's it's, it's, he's done a really good job with that. That's uh, but the Destiny the Destiny fan community is very is pretty tight knit and pretty pretty pleasant. Uh, the only time you get really toxic people generally is in PvP, and the PvP community is its own fucking thing. I've linked PvP it for anyone who is... Oh, goddamn shit, fuck them. I have linked it for anyone who is in our chat mm. channel and wants to have a look at this awesome talent, because that is that is all wow. I can describe okay, it's just a that's, beautiful talent. That's a... Why you gotta kick me back to, like, 2002, my dude, with the DeviantArt link? Dude, DeviantArt, there's nothing wrong with DeviantArt. <laughs> Why you gotta kick me back to like 2002 and make me feel old as shit with the DeviantArt link? Um, Next thing you know, you're gonna show me a fucking dead journal link or a live journal link. <laughs> God damn. Zanga. Make you feel Zanga old, social right? profile? It sounds make like you've you had old. a lot of fun playing Destiny. I do. I have a lot of fun playing Destiny. I would love to have other people to play Destiny with, but I also understand that Destiny's not for everybody. And that's fine. I don't care. No, I, I have plenty of fun just shooting shit. Just going and doing just finishing up my seasonal track and trying to get as high as I can in uh, my light level without having a uh, group. Cool. It's just me. Uh, Kevin, I, I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk. Yeah, um... something that actually the, the first one actually pertains to both of us a little bit. Wow, kind of. Wait, I have a kind news of. article here that was released last week or earlier this week actually about Rhino Prime and Nyx Prime are now unvaulted in Warframe, and you can you can buy them or you can grind <laughs> for relics to open them, which I just learned about this week. So, so instead of spending money, you can do bounties and get the relics, and then hopefully the rewards from the relics will be parts to the prime frames that you can build without spending any money on it. Or if you have any plat, like you've traded plat, traded things for plat on the market, you can just buy the blueprints from other people on the market instead. I need to get back into Warzone. Uh, Warframe, sorry. Yeah. I need to get back Um, into Warframe. uh, So if, for those of you who may not know, Warframe has what's called a content vault. Uh, it's much like the Destiny content vault, except, you know, they didn't take away whole whole planets that you used to be able to go to. And it's like the Disney vault. Um, yeah, so they will. So after a period of time, Warframes are sent to the vault and the relics that contain their parts are also prime vaulted. Warframes. Prime Warframes, yes. Well, Prime Warframes are sent to the vault and their prime parts, their relics that drop prime parts are vaulted as well. Um, so it's not just Warframes that are prime vaulted. Also, prime weapons are prime vaulted as well, are put in the prime vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and periodically, they'll open the vault and they'll release two Warframes, usually the same two every time. Um, so right now we're getting uh, Nyx Prime and Rhino Prime back out of the vault. Uh, so they're not amazing. Rhino, can, Rhino sees play throughout the entire game. If you really want him to, he's not a bad frame at all. Nyx is a little bit more specialized. She's a bit more of a niche frame. But they're both fantastic frames, and yeah, you can. You, there's three. There's three ways to get the frames. You can either buy it with f- straight out cash, getting prime access packs. You can buy it with plat. Off, you buy the component parts for plat off of the in-game marketplace, the trading, the player-to-player marketplace. Or you can grind the parts yourselves through relics. I, I think they have one of the least. 
They have one of the least shitty monetization schemes, and I've said that many times. They have one yeah. of the least shitty monetization schemes I've ever seen because whales buy platinum, whales will spend their plat and spread it throughout the market. Mm-hmm. And there's plat dumps. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, the the interesting part about Warframe and why I think it's been easy to get into is like I said earlier, you can just pick one activity and do that and just focus on doing that. And if you get bored with that, you could do another activity, but I recommend picking something and doing it instead of like trying to do everything because that's how I was at the beginning. I was like, there's too much to do. I can't do everything. So I'm going to do nothing. And that is not the way to think about Warframe. It's like just yeah, go no, do something. you can't you can't do everything. You cannot do everything in Warframe, yeah. so don't even try it. Yeah, and the way that you know when I'm listening to the devs talk about it on the dev streams, it's like they look at it as multiple ways to do the same thing. It's like if you like to you know if you like to do this activity, you can get this reward from this activity, or you, if you like doing another activity, you can do that instead. I like those choices. You know, maybe I don't like Railjack, but maybe I like this other type of activity. Maybe I'll do that instead. So the the ability to like do the things that you want to do to get the rewards that you want is like a good like philosophy in any game, I think. You know, having to like do a specific activity, like having to do PvP to get X, Y, and Z is like far worse because people are just like, oh, I don't like doing that. So I'm not going to go for that reward or whatever. So um yeah that was one thing the second thing was um in warframe they changed how they're doing the drops so i don't know if you guys know this but when you watch the development stream on twitch you can get an in-game item for watching the stream that technology is now baked into twitch so you watch for a certain period of time and then you'll get a message in your twitch inbox and it says like you can now download this item and you like go into that interface and click on the button in the twitch website and you'll get that item sent to your um in-game account um uh, i don't know how they were doing it before no, but they've been doing it, it that way for a while okay but um once so they twitch drops used to be different and then mm-hmm. i think it was like a year ago they changed how twitch drops work and that's how they've been working since that point okay it's a cool system there's drops for other streams as well i don't know how to get to the website in twitch but um you can go and check that out and see if there's a game that you like and if you can watch a stream to like get an item, which I think is a cool incentive. Uh, so yeah, I'll like throw that on when they are streaming and just kind of put it on my phone and put my phone down just so that I'm getting credit for it. Yeah, no, but, no, um, I, I, yeah. I've done the same thing, but I've also sat, I've many times I've actually sat and watched the entire dev stream. It's always, I mm-hmm. like their dev streams. Typically they usually have good information and they're usually fairly concise about things. Dude, it's they, like the it's, Final Fantasy fourteen live letters. I love watching them. You get so mm-hmm. much fucking information. Yeah, I mean, they're good. They're good examples of companies that are spending regular time with their community and like paying attention and listening and having content to share with us. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's you know other companies need to take note of that, <laughs> you know, and like just having something every quarter is very like invest it's very like old school to me it's like instead of some kind of quarterly or yearly thing they're like literally four or five days this week i can't remember but they're just like constantly streaming and talking and playing the game i think it it drives engagement with their fan base more so that was my warframe story for the week
Okay. Chris, you've got a story about Mass Effect. Yeah, I just thought this one was really interesting. Um, so as everyone's aware, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out, I want to say, March. Is that about right? Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Uh, March, April-ish. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, they released a fun little infograph that's got player choices in the Legendary Edition. And there's some that doesn't surprise me, based on what I've heard about how the majority of players perceived Mass Effect uh, the first time around. I didn't play it the first time around, so... <clears throat> it's also loaded with spoilers, it seems. Yes, it is. It is, it is. So for anyone who doesn't... Thanks anyone who's never warning. played it... I didn't know you were going to play I thought you had played it. I'm sorry. I just went to the link, and it's just like, will this person die? I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't going to go through it. Um, but if you have played Mass Effect and you want to have a look at it, there are some interesting notes on it, um, including some choices and stuff that I'm kind of really surprised about. I think Elby was a little surprised about some of it as well. Um, some not so surprising, some... Well, you also have to remember that this oh, is, is Legendary Edition. Does not count the original games. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, this is this is this is what people have played going through in the new game, the the, the remastered of, version. The, I think the vast majority of people that are purchasing it are veteran Mass Effect players that are coming back to the game, so they're going through stuff that they wouldn't have done otherwise. Right. So you think every single person? You think every single person would have been? I don't think well, the vast majority would have been um, Renegade the first time around. I think, yeah, a lot of people would have gotten like Renegade, you, things like that, yeah. Can you explain the premise to me? Like, are certain choices in Mass Effect, like, irreversible? Yes. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Quite a few. I, Most of the choices that you make in the game are actually irreversible. There was a choice that happened in the first one that LB and okay. Gav were there when it happened. Chris How angry was I? Up. Chris hacked the fuck up. He wasn't How... paying attention and reading the room. Yes, accurate. How angry was I? <laughs> you were very pissed off. You put the game down. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was ready to put that game down. I was ready yeah. to stop playing. Did you live with it? Did you live with your he decisions? Had, he had I to lived, eventually. I, I, I lived with it. I already said to Albie when I started, I wasn't going to reset. No saves coming for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So I made the decision. Well, I accidentally made the decision, and it happened. And that's it. And I stuck with it. Oh. I was so fucking angry, but uh, I got through it. So pissed off. Did it change um, the way that you perceive the game? No, it made it, well. Yes, it made me perceive the game as uh, I actually have a gift for this, and I will link it on Discord. Um, it it made me perceive the game. Oh shit! My my choices have consequences. <laughs> um, and you learned from your mistake. And I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> I also have a gift for that too. Um, but yeah, it's. Honestly, the game, Mass Effect, uh, I'm so glad LB bought it for me. Like, I didn't expect him to, but I'm so glad he did. Um, but it was a case of, it's always one of the best single player experiences I've ever had. And I, 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 cannot, I cannot encourage people to play it more. And that, that's because you've already played all three of them, right? So I had, I had never bundle. played them before. No, and he, Chris I is brand new. Chris is brand new to the series. And I, after playing through the first, after playing through the Legendary Edition, 
Um, I actually had also got Andromeda on sale. I personally, I bought that myself. Played through that. I personally loved it, but I went through as someone who played it after all the bugs and broken shit and the cutscenes were all fixed. So I didn't get the really shitty, buggy, useless experience. I think the combat system in Andromeda is better than anything in the first three games. Um, I do kind of agree that your choices don't really matter as much in Andromeda as they do in the other games. Um, but I do think that the change to the conversation system from ME3 to Andromeda had potential to be a really solid system. They just didn't utilize it enough. And I honestly mm -hmm. hope that they use that system in the new Mass Effect that's coming out, but utilize it to its fullest extent, like they did. And the, like, make your make your choices have consequences, because that was the biggest thing about Andromeda for me. It was a really fun experience, and I had a lot of fun, and I connected with the characters. I love the characters; they're great. Mm -hmm. But my choices didn't seem to actually matter because I'm done. I'm I'm in the I was in the process of doing a second playthrough. And choices that I were making that was opposite of last time didn't really do anything different. It was very disappointing in that. Mm -hmm. But going through it the first time, it was fine. But then, oh, this is going to happen either way. So what does it matter? My choices didn't have consequences. And that's why I think Andromeda isn't as good as the other ones story-wise or conversation-wise. I think it blows the other ones out of the water combat-wise, though. Mm-hmm. Because okay. I I love the combat system. I, like honestly, I kind of want to be able to play Mass Effect Three, but playing like it's Andromeda combat. Like that would be amazing to me. Is it still a cover shooter? It's still a cover shooter. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it keeps it keeps the cover shooting system. It just makes it a bit more dynamic. It's a little clunky to get used to, but once you get used to it, it you can jump between shit really fluidly in Andromeda, and I really enjoy it. Interesting. Um, shout outs to Stun Grasp, who I saw playing Mass Effect 2 yesterday. He's been on a long, uh, he's been on a long, uh, thing, yeah. It's, it's, uh, interesting to watch. I do like when Stone streams Mass Effect, because it's like, I'm sitting there and watching him and trying to, and comparing the decisions I made when he was at this point. He hates the, he hates the characters that I like, though. The characters yeah, I, I like. You two, are, you two are completely opposite on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, why don't we kick it to Gab for his next story? Uh, sure. Um, so the I, I was going to talk a little bit about it, but I, we've kind of talked about it already. But Back for Blood, um, I played in the open beta uh, and the early access beta. We, we were all playing on the early access beta and during the open beta weekend that's currently going on right now. I, it's, it's good. Um, I don't think it's going to be a buy for me, though. I, just, I think it lacks I'm the variety. Same, to be honest. And, well, the problem is you're also only dealing with Act 1, and we're dealing with a very curated selection of Act 1 things. So I think that affects it. Like, I would love to see how the entire campaign plays out, but oh, I also need to get them to figure out how to balance that campaign, because that <laughs> shit gets hard. Yeah, but you say, you say because we only have Act 1. If it, if there was an early access beta for Baldur's Gate and you only played through Act One, would you have still bought it? 
I bought Baldur's Gate because it's Baldur's Gate and because I like Larian Studios. Larian Studios. I love I really love Turtle Rock. I wanted Evolve to work. Evolve didn't work though. I really wanted Evolve to work, but Evolve didn't work. Uh, Evolve was their last game. It was an asymmetric uh, PvP game. It was like uh, that one with like where you play as Jason and you chase. Yeah, the it's, kids it, was, around. it was Dead by Daylight before Dead by Daylight. Yeah, right. Um, you it was it was asymmetric uh, PvP. So you had four human mm-hmm. hunters basically and a monster, and the mm-hmm. monster's goal was to survive long enough to evolve into their highest form and then take the hunters out. And the hunter's mm-hmm. job was to find the creature before it got a chance to get too high up in level. Okay. The, the thing that I'm liking about Back for Blood is you. it feels like you can kill all the zombies. Because mm-hmm. when I feel like I can't kill all the zombies, my like OCD goes off. <laughs> and I'm just like, you just feel like you're just killing endless zombies. And that's not as fun as like feeling like you can clear out a room or something. Mm-hmm. And have some breathing room. But... It just, in general, the thing that's not working for me about it is that it seems very linear. It's yes. just like... It, well, Left 4 Dead is also the same way, though. Left 4 Dead was very much the same way. It's, I feel like I'm on a amusement park ride instead of feeling like there is an open world to explore that I can kind of make my well, own way to the finish line. Game. It's not an open world game. It is a point A to point B game. Um, that would work better for me. Yeah, I get. Feeling I like I'm being funneled down a single path. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, it's definitely not the game for you then, because that that's very much the sort of Left 4 Dead formula. <clears throat> is, is you give them a a A to B path, they have to they have to get figure out their way through. There are some slight variations between A and B, but it's an A to B path. I feel time. like give me a horde mode with a loadout that I can do and. Uh, let me just kill zombies for a while, or uh, then give you me an open map. PvP, then. No, I don't want to play that. Definitely don't want to play that. Have you played the swarm mode? No, I don't want to play it. Either. Isn't that what it is? And it's, it's, it's horde. It it's just horde. Yeah, it's horde, and you get your own. You get a custom deck, and you get a custom uh, weapon. Yeah, um, I would rather have like an open map where like you have objectives that you need to complete on the map. I think the parts that so are working are like. What you want to do is you want to, you want you want Fortnite save the world is what you want. Probably not. No, that that you're t- what you're describing is Fortnite save the world, which was the PVE mode that Fortnite originally was. Kind of, but like less tower defensey, I guess. Like. What if you had a zone like a Warcraft zone, and then Evan, are you, had you to describing hit a? Are you describing access? a zombie MMO? Kind of like where you have to get from. Like you can still have objectives, like quests or something. Kevin wants where a you zombie go from MMO. point A to point B, but like you can choose the way to get there, and there's more. It's more about exploration and stuff. Kevin, did you hear that the moon's haunted? It is. That's destiny. There's zombies oh. there. Go go play Destiny. It's a zombie MMO. There's modes haunted, motherfucker. Somebody will Moon's understand haunted, what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, LB's saying it sounds like you want a bit more Daisy. Maybe I think like just in general a bit more exploration. I like the exploration parts. I like the gun building parts. I just don't like the amusement park ride parts. 
That's fair. It's just, it's not for you. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just, it's probably not going to be a, it's probably not going to be a buy for me. Um, also, uh, the fact that there is no versus campaign, I think is probably one of my bigger issues. I know yeah. the game has not been designed for having a versus campaign because of how the specials, the mutations in this game work. But yeah, I just, I don't think it's going to be a buy for me. The funnest thing about Left 4 Dead was the versus campaign. Versus campaign was so good because it's like, oh yeah, how far can you get before the other team absolutely ruins your shit? How far can you get before I fuck you? It's it's just like after you've done an amusement park a few times, you're like, oh, I want to go again. I want to go again. And then it starts getting old because you kind of know what's going to happen. Well, that 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 was the thing about Left 4 Dead. You did uh, you did regular campaign. You did that. You did the AI campaign first and then you went into PvP campaign. You went to versus campaign because every time you did versus campaign, it was different because your mm-hmm. opponents do things differently. They think different ways. You think different ways. It was always good. I liked Left 4 Dead's versus campaign. I loved versus campaign that, at Left 4 Dead. That would be interesting if you had the ability to like block off a path and force them into like a different way. Like as the bad guys, you could like change the map and change the route they have to go. That would be interesting. Mm. But like, I can see that. When, when you guys had me play Left 4 Dead the first time, I was just like, why do you guys love this game so much? I thought it was horrible. Uh, yeah, the, like, this is the, I don't know. Can't agree with you on that one. Always being starved for ammo, having to heal all the time, having to manage healing all the time. It's just like I don't know. It's I don't think I'll buy it either, but I'm enjoying the time that I have with it in the beta. Fuck you, Kevin. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I I mean I know Kevin's got some Pokemon Go shit he wanted to talk about. There was some big news in the Pokemon Go community because they cut down some of the changes that they had made during the pandemic. One of those changes was how far you needed to be from a gym or a Pokestop to spin it. So you used to be able to spin it from a far distance away, and then they cut that down to what it was pre-COVID. And instead of accepting this, and they tried to like make some changes as a result of that. One of the changes was, we're going to give you double the amount of of experience to like spin a pocket stop if you've never been there before great that sounds fine i was like i read the changes i understood they're trying to revert to like pre-covid whatever and i was like fine i'm going to accept this and i thought nothing about it meanwhile some of the prominent pokemon go streamers community they decided to write niantic a letter and give them a deadline on when they needed to respond to them by to revert some of the changes that they made during the post-pandemic change list um they cite that um decreasing the radius to spin a pokestop or a gym is a problem for public safety accessibility and respect some of this can i can just one thing just yeah the pandemic's still going on like people need to just very quickly be aware of that the pandemic is still a thing (laughs) not america i mean there ain't shit going on in america you should yeah, still be being smart. You should still be wearing your massive yes. and crowded places, and you should still be distancing right. as much as possible. So, still be smart about that shit, people. Please, I'm begging you. Right. So, some of this I agree with. Some of it I don't agree with. I think that there's probably are there's probably a good amount of people who are, you know, they're writing and reading this information, and they're like, yes, from like a safety perspective, not having to cross a dangerous road, or from an accessibility perspective, people who are disabled. Um, or just respect, I don't have to be all up in your shit to get to a Pokestop and like block an entrance to a building or something. 
Um, I understand those things. But I also think that there's probably some people that are using this as an excuse to be able to spin a stop from their bedroom and not have to get out of bed to like do stuff. And, you know, I, one of the reasons that they had stated Niantic was switching back to like a smaller distance or a smaller radius to spin a stop was to get people outside, to get them interacting with each other, et cetera. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that I've been right on top of Pokestops and I've been in public places where tons of people are playing Pokemon. You have no idea who the hell is playing Pokemon unless they have like a Pokemon hat on or Pokemon shirt on. Um, it just looks like a bunch of people best. looking at their phones. I mean, which, guess what, Niantic, other humans do as well. You know, like I mean, people are just not, sitting there. If you're not blasting out the season one theme song while you're playing Pokemon Go, are you really playing Pokemon Go? Yeah, if you don't have one of those Pokemon style cat hats on when you turn whenever you're catching a Pokemon, you're not really doing it right. Yeah. I mean, I only started playing during the pandemic, so I don't know what it was like a lot beforehand. But, you know, from what I hear, the only time people like really, truly cite to me as a time when they saw other humans playing Pokemon Go is when they had some of these big EX raids or whatever they were called. Uh, raid um, days, things like that. Yeah, that I was playing yeah. Pokemon Go at that time uh, before the pandemic. But yeah, it was like it was EX, like raid days and things like that, where, you know, there was a large you would find people finding the nearest large quantity of gyms that were all kind of yeah. stacked together and everybody would kind of mill around. Yeah. I, I just think like for a company to say, like we want to encourage community for a game where you can't even fucking talk to other users on the actual game is like really you can send them stickers and gifts though. I mean, I understand like the quote unquote public safety reasons why they don't want to do that. Cause there's a lot of kids that play and there's probably some, nefarious activities that can take place as a result of that but like if i'm an adult and i'm talking to another adult i cannot even send them a fucking message that says hey do you want to raid with me i'm going to do a raid now you know like i can just like randomly send them an invite and then maybe they click on it before 160 seconds are over whatever it is so i think that like there there's a lot of interesting choices being made and niantic has already responded to this it took them like a day and they responded and said that they're going to create a committee and figure out what they're going to do and potentially reverse stuff or not. They didn't say what they were going to do. They just said that they would respond back by September 1st. Um, but I think like if you're talking about building a community and having people play together and explore and get outside and exercise, there's other ways to do that than like making me walk 100 feet closer to a stop in order to actually spin it. Um, you know, my whole thing is that I'm usually doing Pokemon in conjunction to exercising. I'm going on a walk. I want to exercise and I can't just like make a fucking loop and do a walk. I've got to now like go off here to spin his Pokestop. I got to go off here to spin his Pokestop. It's just an annoyance right? more oh, than Kevin, anything else to me. Can you, can you tell me something? Can, can you, yeah. can you say something for me? Sure. Don't this, make me say water. <laughs> water. Whatever. This. I'm not going to repeat this, whatever you're going to say. This, this what? is a first world problem. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. mostly a first world problem. I'm not going to lie about that, but building a sense of community can be done in other ways besides a distance to a Pokestop <laughs> or getting me outside. Same thing. So the thing that they're not taking away is remote rating, which after you do one per day, you have to pay for. So that's an interesting choice as well. 
Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, they're good. they're going to try to make money where they can. I mean, they had their most profitable year ever during the pandemic. So, here's something that makes money. Here's something. Oh, the other the other theory that people have is that like Starbucks and Verizon stores, who are sponsors of Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. they they were very the, upset about that. The, yeah, the theory is is that because you don't have to even like get near the store to spin the stops that are at the stores, then you're not going into the store. How often are you going into a Verizon store anyway? I mean, like. If you have a problem with your phone or if you're upgrading your phone, maybe. Um, Be surprised. But it's like, yeah. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. that's enough of a rant around that. I mean, no, I it's, don't dis- it's, it's fair. Yeah, I, I don't disagree in the public safety and disabilities things, but I think it's they're going about it in the wrong way and they need to pick a different way. And I, I agree with the committee and I hope they come up with some good ideas. Or maybe, you know, listen to the people who play your game and let them help you decide together instead of like, we're just going to create a committee and we're going to tell you what we're going to do. So, I don't know. Anywho. Something, something, something death panels? I don't know. Yeah. Chris, you had some LOL content? Something, something, something. Hunger Games. Okay. Um. Let's see. So, the... 2021 coven skins are and content are now available in league of legends um these coven these coven skins look absolutely phenomenal um the there's a coven skin for ari ash cassiopeia evelyn and the prestige edition leblanc coven skin is available um there is also uh old god malkai and old god no, sorry, Old God Malphite, not Malkai, and Old God Warwick. These also have chromas built around them, so yeah, 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 chromas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an adorable little Covenant Ward skin is available as well. Um, these are all built through the new event pass for the season. Uh, they're very cute, the little Ward skins. But the, the, new, the new actual, uh, the skins are absolutely fantastic genuinely they look amazing especially the ra one i love the ra skin um the the um event uh mini game that is coming back is all for one for anyone who's unaware of what all for one is everyone picks the same champion so it could be a so it'll be a giant clusterfuck all zigs that's fun all ash you it's nuts it's kind of stolen from heroes of the storm Actually, they did it first. Oh. Yeah. That's what I thought, Kevin. <laughs> uh, sounds like they stole it from Dota. They probably stole it from Dota, but League's did it before Heroes. Um, but yeah, if you want to have a look at all the, Coven, all the Coven skins, they will be linked in the show notes uh, via Surrender at 20. And honestly, they look fantastic. Some of the animations uh, on them are great. As always, the Evelyn one, super over the top and just beautiful. Just yeah, they do a good job with their skins. I can't take, I can't fault them for just how good these skins look. I saw, I saw a couple of them. They're looking, they're, they, they, their, their, their design team is good. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll put them in Warframe up there with like best, best, uh, best design teams. Now, if only they could recognize how much of a bad idea the ultimate Seraphine skin was. <laughs> yeah. We all know that was a bad idea, but I still bought it. I still have it. I know you did. 
it's it's, um, a, it's it's a gorgeous skin. Yeah, just uh, you know, it's three skins in one. Yeah. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm only going to mention this briefly because this is not something that a lot of people are going to be interested in, but it's something I'm definitely going to be talking about more in the future, which is Magic: The Gathering. Uh, they a while back they announced a new set uh, that was going to be coming to Magic Arena only. Uh, it's called Magic Jumpstart, Magic the Gathering Jumpstart, Historic Horizons. Historic is a format in Arena uh, where it is everything from is it Ixalan or Amonkhet? It was one of the two. It was one of the sets. I think it might have been Amonkhet. Uh, Amonkhet Four, basically when Magic Arena released to the current day. It is a online only format that is just all of the cards from the point that Magic Arena launched to now. And it stays up to date. It keeps adding the new sets as they come in. It doesn't remove old sets, but it adds more sets as they come in. Um, so Historic Horizons is adding 800 cards to uh, Historic, uh, Historic's pool. Uh, 500 of those cards, roughly, are cards that already exist on Arena. So they're already in the Historic pool. But this is more opportunities to get them. 300 cards are brand new to Arena. These are old cards that are from sets that predate Arena that have never been printed before Arena. So we're getting those. We're also getting 31 new cards that are Arena period only. They are digital only cards that have one of three new keywords. Uh, perpetually, which affects a card in any state of the board that it's in. Uh, in your hand, in your deck, in your graveyard, on the board, in exile, everywhere. It's a permanent modifier that always affects it. That always affects the card. Um, conjure, which creates a card out of thin air for you. Um, and conjure, uh, and there's a tutor effect that uh, draws, uh, that, that randomly picks a card out of your deck and doesn't shuffle it. I hate them. And I think they're dumb. I don't want digital only effects in my magic, please. Thank you. Um, I like Hearthstone. I do. I well, I liked Hearthstone, and then everything with Hearthstone happened. But I, I, I didn't mind the RNG elements of Hearthstone, and the randomness and the digital only effects because it's a digital only game. I don't like putting that kind of shit in my Magic: The Gathering. Please, no. Thank you, no. Go away. Um. We're also getting two, the, the we're also getting new sets coming soon. We're going back to Innistrad again. That's coming out soon. I can't wait. Um, I have a buddy that plays nothing but vampires, and he loves the red black vampires from Innistrad. So I can't wait. I'm more of a black white vampires from Zendikar. But yeah, does, we'll see. Does Jumpstart have anything to do with like getting new players to play Magic: The Gathering or not? Kind of sort of. Jumpstart is a so Jumpstart's a product that meant that they released physically also previously. Uh, and what Jumpstart is, is that it is a pre-selected booster pack. It has 20 cards in it, and they are pre-selected. They are... And I can uh, play a game with that pack? Two packs. You get two packs of Jumpstart, you smash them together, and add lands. And that's it. Okay. It's an easy way to get into magic, um, but unfortunately, in some ways, it's a very easy way to get into magic because it's like, oh, I don't have to think about deck building. There's two themes that are together. I just have to think about how the themes work together. I just have to understand how the cards work. I, I just have to have an understanding of how the basic, the, the surface level for how the cards work. 
Um, it's also kind of a dick and a half because it's a lot of cards that are older or some of the historic horizons. It's um, it's cards that may be older or cards that you might not think about immediately. They might have keywords you're not familiar with or something like that. So it's this one's going to be a little bit harder for people to get into, but I think it's going to be a really good way for people to build their collections out and for them to for newer players that have never played with some of these cards to get into it. Hey, hell! Mm. I stone. I stone. Stone. I love you. Um, this this is gonna be uh, this, people are gonna be very confused when they listen to the uh, when they listen to the podcast version of this. Yeah. Uh, well, they should listen to this show live. They should listen to the live. Yeah, um, catch the live stream. Hello, the, Stone. Hello, the thing everybody. The thing that bothers me about magic is that. It's just too many fucking sets. It's too complicated. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I guess the jumpstart could help me there if I actually wanted to play this. Because yeah, I don't I mean, have to worry to, about it. I would love to get you on to Magic Arena. And when Jumpstart, when Historic Horizons comes out on the 24th, I would love to get you onto Magic. And I would love to sit you down. And I would love to play a couple of games, try to jam out some games and try to teach you how the game works. Magic is not for everybody, and I understand that. And I have never tried to force anybody to play Magic that didn't end up liking the game. So, uh, if you'd like to get on, I'd love to teach you how to play it. So I would just need two packs from this Jumpstart box and some lands, and I could play a game. So uh, Magic Arena gives you lands for free. You don't need to worry about that. Okay. Um, it will automatically populate the number of lands you need, and you just you buy two, you buy a Jumpstart entry. It's usually like five hundred, or it's usually like three bucks four bucks something like that mm -hmm. real cash or gold if you have gold and it jams the guests together and you just play a game that's it it's interesting yeah i, I mean, like I magic i've been playing magic for 20 plus years so that's a I good dabble. way to get people in rather than having to like learn all the shit on your well, own like gotchification there's a gotchification of magic arena that i'm not happy with i would love to play on mitko but i don't like playing on mitko i hate playing mitko Nobody really likes playing on Mitgo. Uh, uh, but yeah, so. I dabble a little in magic. I'm not very good at it, but I dabble. You dabble, that's fine. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. All right. I think that was the last story. Uh, uh, you had something, Kevin. Oh, I took it off. It's fine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I don't really have a whole lot more to talk about on the topics that I I could sit here and talk about fucking Magic the Gathering for another two hours if we really wanted to, but I don't think we really want to do that. Um, no, I think, like, let us know what you think of the new format and how you like it. I think, I think the new format's good. I think the thing that is different about our format, if I can be a little meta here, is like, mm -hmm. I need some additional context on some of this stuff <laughs> when they're going through it. I feel like a dad. I'm like, I don't know what a jump start is. I'm like, the, oh, the whole thing. So that's is, the point. So that's the start that's of conversation. The kind of the point. It's the start a conversation. Like, I don't want to give you all the information right here. I want to be able to go, okay, Kevin, ask me about this thing. This is something I'm passionate about. I want you to ask me questions, and I'll ha be happy to explain about it to you. Then don't start me in the middle of the conversation. Give me some background to start off with, like, hey, this is about Magic the Gathering, and this is what it is. This well, is what I it did. is. I said, Jumpstart Historic Horizons is a new set coming to Magic Arena. I feel like a dad sometimes when you're talking about stuff. I'm just like, 
I feel like I'm coming into the conversation like halfway through. That's that's fine. So, I can I can I can I'm work bad. on that a little bit, but uh, you, you know, this is this is not for you to know everything inside baseball. This is not for you to know everything about the topic before I bring it up. <laughs> okay. I understand. This, this this format is for us to have conversations where we all learn things. Like I, I want you words. like I want I, so I want you Kevin next time like you had an HBO show in there. Like mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that show. I think I, I know no... a little I think I know a little bit of the premise. Fine, I know fucking talk bit. about white no, lotus. No, 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 Kevin, I just <laughs> what I'm saying is that this is just a way for you to like get something that you're passionate about and tell us about it rather than us having to like all talk about the exact same shit every single week. I agree. I agree. Like, I have no idea what that show was about. Like you have that link in there and I I don't know what is it was that, about. Is that Is that the Game of Thrones spin-off? No. It has nothing to do with that. Oh, then I know nothing about it. But I'm interested <laughs> to learn. So hey, I'll I'll spend a few minutes talking about White Lotus, which is a mini series on HBO about following three groups of people who go on a vacation to a Hawaiian island. And okay. it is a dark comedy, which I don't know if you guys are into or not. Um, but um, I'm I, I, I live in the UK. I live in the UK. Everything is a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, so uh, it is it is a dark comedy that starts off with in the very first five minutes of the series, and it's only a six episode series. Someone dies. You don't know who dies, but someone dies. You know that there was a death, and you're kind of like watching this show, trying to figure out who dies at the end because it's not clear who's going to die. Um, but during that, there's just a lot of funny bits in it and, um, some pretty interesting, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with like a look at rich people and like what kind of privilege they have, what kind of people do to try to take them down or what, what people do to try to like mooch off of that richness, um, or just being rich. So it's. It's about, you know, wealthy people and how that can corrupt and and kind of some of the effects around that. So after the last episode, which I just watched five, which came out last Sunday and the final episode is tomorrow um, on the 15th. Um, I had this like half an hour long discussion with Mandy about, you know, the themes in the episodes and like how we interpreted it. And I think it's been a long time since I've had a show where I've actually sat down and had a discussion about it afterwards, just due to, you know, some of the themes and trying to understand some of what the filmmakers are trying to say, um, like undercurrents that are happening during the show that aren't quite, you know, spelled out to you. I'm so, going through and I'm looking through the cast and I there's some good, good actors in this. Yeah. Steve Zahn, I think is the one that everyone will remember. He's, yeah. been in a lot of different comedies oh and it's um, like i i like i like horror comedy that's the funny thing is that i didn't know you liked horror comedy kevin tucker and dale versus evil is one of my favorite movies i Love mean not movie. really Fantastic. horror it's probably less horror than horror, but it's more things. like even psychological horror kind of thing it's still psychological horror still yeah, or, but or even also, a thriller like you also need to remember I, sort of you also need to remember that i consider scream a comedy horror because that shit ain't scary <laughs> Like even yeah. thrillers or things like that are still kind of fall within that sort of like kind of get your heart pounding sort of genre. And I like those. Those are funny. Ash versus the Evil Dead. I'm trying to think, what is Steve Zahn best known for? Because it says no War of the Planet of the Apes. And I think that's not true. But he's he's 
been on many other shows and done a lot of other comedies in the past. Um, anyway, it's a good show. You should check it out if you have HBO Max. Um, in general, I think HBO Max has been a huge fucking win for HBO. It has a ton of good stuff on it. It's not just stuff that was originally on HBO. Like recently, they got the entire Friends series. Um, all of the so, new WB stuff is coming out on there. It's, it's got a Steve lot. Steve Zahn. He was in Modern Family for a season, and he was multiple voices in Phineas and Ferb. Uh, let's see what else has he been on. <laughs> Rescuers like Down Under, Doctor Doolittle Two. He's been in many things. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. No, no my idea. children back in the nineties. Wow. Okay. Deep so cuts. If, All right. If you if you have the ability to check out, if you have the ability and means to check out HBO Max, I, I, I think it's definitely worth trying. I can't um, because I live in the UK, but I, it actually yeah. sounds like a really interesting show that I would have liked to watch. Yeah. Well, well maybe there's other means for you to watch that show. Maybe Best. I'll. Go, I will. From I our will sponsor. Start. No, we don't have. To. <laughs> I was gonna say from our sponsor, Surfshark. From our, <laughs> from our sponsor, piracy. I do not Jesus. condone piracy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a fucking sponsor, and we don't condone pirate. We don't condone piracy. Anywho, it's just a twitch. Just a twitch. As, as we branch out into non-video game related topics, I am really big into movies and TV shows. And like you and I are going to be talking about Discovery season four at some point. We're going to be yes. nerding out about that. And when it, when when season four actually hits, I want mm-hmm. us to do a weekly breakdown. If if that's okay. Uh yeah. If people want to, yeah. I mean, I would be up for like doing something after we quote unquote end the show and let's just put, tack it on at the, like the last five minutes. If we want to get in spoilers or something like yeah. there's other podcasts I listen to that do that, that I think it's a great format because you can just tune out if you don't want to listen to it, or you can play it all the way through if you don't care about getting spoiled. And I like that. I like that idea. We need to um, do that for both discovery and Picard. Picard, I think is going to be you and Gaff because be me and Gaff, I, I will think... re up my subscription. Just for Picard. I tried tried restarting Picard because I had watched it like while I was doing other stuff and I didn't understand what was going on. I tried to rewatch it in earnest and I could not get through it. I (laughs) honestly cannot wait for season two of Picard because it mashes together two of my favorite things John Luke Picard and Seven of Nine. I'm happy. (laughs) I mean, I'm just glad. Do they hook up? No, I'm Is just glad they gave Jerry. No, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm just glad they gave Jerry Ryan. I'm just glad Jerry Ryan got to do more work, and she got to play. Uh, oh, what was her? What was her? What was her name? What was her actual name in the show? Annika Hansen. Annika. Gave her a chance to be. Gave her a chance to be Annika, and not just Seven of Nine throughout the entire series. Like really. I, I, that was a big deal because it's like the the Annika storyline was so sad. That was fucking heartbreaking, especially when they actually found the Raven. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. If you've <sighs> never watched spoilers, if you've never watched Star Trek Voyager, a twenty-year-old that, ain't, that ain't even like two thousand and one, twenty-year-old Paramount show. I God for I don't even remember much. I, about uh, that I Voyager Voyager is my favorite Star Trek. DS9 what? and then Voyager for me. 
I so I Voyager was my first Star Trek. Okay. So I got introduced via Voyager, which is why it's my favorite Star Trek. I like um, that it actually had more of a through storyline than Star Trek: The Next Generation did, well, which I always found frustrating. Followed, followed, Next Generation followed the very episodic, um, episodic story, story of the week. Whereas, yeah. because Voyager had been thrown seventy five thousand light years into the Delta Quadrant, they had an end goal: get mm. home, get back to the Alpha Quadrant. So yeah. they they had the overarching story, but they still had the the monster of the week type thing going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tuvok, yeah, we uh, can talk about those shows. Tuvix? Uh, Are we going to talk Tuvix. about Tuvix? <laughs> Y'all can talk about Tuvix. I've thought about that one. <laughs> Was Shane Wee right? You can talk about the morality of killing a sentient creature for the sake of two other creatures. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Just be, just be cold and logical about it. Needs of the many. The one thing I won't be talking about is the new Suicide Squad movie, which I tried to start watching on HBO Max, and it was fucking bad. And I stopped after 10 minutes. I, I've oh, heard you nothing know, but you good know, things about it. You know what we can talk about? You know, mm. you know what I'd like us to talk about at some point? Um, the Disney Plus issues with their movies getting launched on Disney Plus and theaters at the same time. But it's oh, not, yeah, it's not well, a problem anywhere else. That's the Scarlett Johansson. The Scarlett Johansson issue. and well, the, the Emma Stone is, stuff. Part of, part of the problem is, is that's well, especially with the Marvel stuff, it's planned so far in advance that the contracts are written so far in advance. Like, this one may have been a situation of, like, oh, yeah, no, we didn't know the pandemic was happening, so this kind of happened. Like, then what about the pandemic? <laughs> like, as, as being in development. That was announced before pandemic, so, like, I, I can... See that being an issue of like understand both of them where they're coming from on the suing suing Disney. I get that. It's like you gotta defend yourself, you gotta be litigious mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I don't know I, how much foot they have to stand on, but we'll see how the, it. how it comes out in the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, right, I um, like I like the fact that we have options to be able to watch things like when they come out, if you're willing to spend money on it. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Like what I don't like is having to wait so goddamn long afterwards. Like, because I feel like they're trying, like, if you want to talk about it with people who are into it, you have to buy it. And if not, no one's going to be talking about it in a month or two months after it's been out for a while. I'd still sit here and talk about goddamn any movie that's come out recently on that kind of. Sh- well, actually, no, there was a lot of movies that just kind of fucking disappeared. I feel like Gavin- reason. I feel like the problem we- is Gavin and I could also just sit down and talk about Voyager for hours on end. I could. I do, I do want to yeah. go through the Loki stuff and watch that series. And I have, then you haven't watched watch Loki? You no, haven't watched either of you? Haven't watched, you all need to sit down. It was really good. So no, it no, really no, no. I heard it's here's fucking the, great. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was super invested for WandaVision because I fucking love Vision and I love Scarlet Witch. They are fantastic and I love them. Was not invested enough to watch The Winter Soldier and The, uh, the Falcon. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, well, it, was it was really good, good too. I thought that was a really good buddy it was a really good evolution of the buddy drama. And I also haven't watched Loki just because I know that's after that one. So until I sit down and watch uh, the other one. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. It has absolutely nothing to do oh, with it. Okay. So it's, you do not I can watch to... Loki independently? Yeah. You do, uh, none of the three cool. series. You don't have to watch either any of the three series. Well, internally. the Wonder one's kind of important because we're as in the timeline, though. So I can. Uh, yeah, no, you don't have to. You can watch any of the three of them independently of each other. No problem. Okay, but I've already decided that before I even think about watching any of the other two, I'm going to rewatch Wonder Vision because it was fucking phenomenal. 
It was I'm good. Yeah, I'm just going to rewatch WandaVision just because. No, it was I'm going to, and I'm going to. I'm already, my body is already prepared and ready to turn into a weeping puddle of tears. <laughs> it did the anyway, first time. It's going to happen again. We're going to get into uh, some. I, I, we're going to get into some random shit in the future. Give us your ideas. Let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah. And if you like us talking about that shit. Um, I think that's going to be it for me today. Does anybody else have anything they really wanted to go into? No, I'm good. Nope. I have a raid in 20 minutes. <laughs> right, uh, Chris, do that, don't do that. Or final thoughts. Final thoughts and do uh, that, don't do that. Final thoughts. Um, just, just don't be an asshole in general. Like, I've had some really weird interactions in video games lately. Just people just being aggressive and assholish. Mostly just because I'm a wild player who's playing 14. Sorry. Mostly because I'm a wild player who is jumping back into 14 and like, oh, 14 shit. Just, 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 just don't be a dick about it. Just let me have fun. Agreed. Okay. Kevin, uh, final thoughts or do that, don't do that? <sighs> I think something that you should do is find, um, find companies that you want to support and support them instead of boycotting or not supporting companies that you don't want to support. You having fun scrolling through that catalog there, Kevin? What do you mean? <laughs> I can see you scrolling through a catalog. Oh, I was, I'm trying to find <laughs> someone to kick the show to and raid after we're done because we have uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. people watching We're going to raid Stone, but he's finished, so. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, definitely support companies. Like, dig into a company. Figure out what's going on with them. Support the ones that you like. Like, mm -hmm. for fuck's sake. Come on, dude. Um, Final thought for me. Um, oh, hold on. I have someone for us to raid. Kevin, I'm linking you. Okay, thanks. Uh, final thought for me. Fucking um, just like be decent human beings. Like, I know I've said this on many shows, many, many times as my final thought. Just be a decent fucking human being. I don't give a shit. You can be as shitty as you want. Just be a decent. All right. <laughs> um, I think that's going to be it. Y'all good? Y'all good? Wrap it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be our show for this week, folks. Talk to us during the week. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Azeroth CTC. Kevin is at SwingCat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Mech. I, of course, am at Gavril underscore ET. That's two I's and one L. Uh, Neth is at Neth Winch. Send emails to feedback at AzerothCTC.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us live here on, uh, on Twitch on Saturdays when we record and stream the show on twitch.tv slash AzerothCTC. For links to today's shows, uh, you can visit our website or our Discord. Uh, the website is at www.azerothctc.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, however it is that you get uh, your shit put into you. Um, say, say Voyager, boys and girls. I don't fucking know. I got nothing. Voyager! Voyager. I got nothing this week. Bye.